everyone, this is Christopher Chansey, creator of Theater of Heels. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to check out this and my other projects on my website, ChristopherChansey.com. If you're interested in supporting my work, please take a look at my Patreon at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. Thank you for the moment of your time. And now I present you with our story. Theater of Heels, Chapter 26, Convention. The barber, an older muscular man, looked up from his patron's haircut to greet them. But when he saw Jefferson, his face fell. He nodded to his back room and grunted. You know where it is. Once they stepped through the curtains, Eric looked at her mentor questioningly and whispered, How is someone like that involved in our line of work? He's an old superhero. I believe that he went by Hammerstrike. But his popularity never caught on, so he fell into obscurity. That's why he opened this barber shop. Since he is already contractually obligated, the board utilizes his facility, Jefferson looked around it with disdain, to house an entrance to the maze. Jefferson stepped up to a wall with a large faded poster of the local professional baseball team, the Majestic Mighties, and pushed a space to the left of the picture. There was a soft click, and the wall swung inward. He ushered her down a set of stairs lined with framed newspaper clippings of a much younger version of the barber, adorned in a cape costume with an H emblazoned on the chest. One clipping headline read, Hammerstrike defeats the Marble King. Jefferson pointed at it. See? Erica followed him down the stairs. As they walked, the articles began to get smaller and smaller. Halfway down the stairs, there weren't any more picture frames. Something about this visual decline was deeply unsettling to her. But Erica couldn't put a finger on why. She shook it off and kept her eyes facing forward. At the bottom of the stairs, they passed through a door into another room. The ceiling and floor was made of an odd material with a sheen like polished metal and a slight opaqueness like plastic. It seemed to be made of neither. The floor and ceiling hummed and glowed faintly. Weatherman walked up to the keypad on the far wall and punched in a code. The glowing and humming above and below intensified. As an afterthought, Jefferson said, Oh, after the teleportation, the transition might be a bit unsettling. Erica looked at him sharply. Wait, we're teleporting? Of course. How else did you expect us to get there? Ride the bus? I never agreed. A flash of light erupted from the ceiling and floor, and an odd tingling sensation penetrated her core before the light faded. The ceiling and floor looked identical, but the wall vanished, revealing the central corridor she traveled through after being indoctrined into this odd world. Last time she was here, there were several recognizable heroes and villains that walked around the place. This time, the hallway was packed to bursting with costume folks. Like before, Erica recognized several from news footage and various superhero websites, but many of which she didn't know at all. Given the amount of time she had dedicated to researching known superheroes that operated within Majestic, this was disconcerting. One thing was clear for the nondescript buzzing of the crowd. The atmosphere was brimming with excitement. Why are there so many people here than last time? Erica asked. All who want to succeed in this business must first enter the maze, said Jefferson. Erica raised an eyebrow. I keep hearing that term drop. Why is this place called the maze? Jefferson chuckled darkly. That's our not-so-affectionate term for it. Call it the maze, because we are all rats running around inside trying to get the cheese on the other side. As cheerful as that is, said Erica. You still haven't really answered my first question. 
Why are there so many people here today? It's pitch day, my dear. Anyone and everyone who wants to become someone, hero and heel alike, come from far and wide to make their pitch to the businessmen for the better capers. So, a caper is a public exhibition where the heroes and heels fight and pretend it's all real? Erica asked. An eight-foot-tall green man shot them a dirty expression, and Jefferson gave him a placating. The green man turned his head with a disgruntled, <laughs> Jefferson rounded at her and hissed, Have a care with your words, princess. As I said before, this community does not take kindly to those who allude that our confrontations are less than real. When you and I faced Sleek, did those moments not feel authentic to you? Well, yeah, she could have killed me. I assure you, it wasn't for a lack of trying on her part, said Jefferson. He cleared his throat and said in his lower voice, You also might want to reconsider what you say in a room full of people with super hearings and other powers of hyperperception. Erica looked up with a start. She caught more nasty glares cast in her direction. Erica's cheeks flushed as she shrunk in on herself. Sorry, she squeaked. Yes, please try to internalize this lesson, Jefferson said dryly. Okay, okay, you don't have to make it worse. Erica looked around dubious. I still don't get why all this is necessary. Jefferson sighed. Princess, to us, the caper is everything. The higher the profile of the caper, the more exposure we garner, which usually means a higher payout for us and elevates all of our fame points. Higher fame points means more endorsements for the heroes, which of course means more money. I wanted to ask you about that. What exactly are her fame points? Everyone seems to be obsessed with them. I suppose it all could sound a bit confusing. You could think of fame points as the system of evaluation the board uses to determine a hero or heel's popularity with the public. They are assessed by some sort of complicated algorithm that measures an individual's social media hits, TV ratings, columns written, and a few other factors. To be honest, most of the rating system is beyond my level of comprehension, but some of our more market-savvy counterparts have it somewhat figured out. There's an entire business here dedicated to preying on our contemporaries' desire for higher fame. Trust me, most of them are all scams. She arched an eyebrow. Did you learn that from personal experience? Yes, he growled. Erica winced. Ouch. You don't know the half of it. So wait a minute. Heels can be popular? Jefferson looked at her with raised eyebrows. Of course we can. Really? She said doubtfully. Haven't you ever quietly allowed yourself the guilty pleasure of rooting for the bad guy? Even once? I suppose. Erica's eyes lit up. There was this one time when Waterfall had fought Sleek and she... Jefferson held up his hand. I'm sure you're about to expound on some riveting tangent, but I have a point. I'm sure you do. She grumbled on her breath. We have to get the public to root for us one way or another. They have to loathe our very existence, or we must find a way to get them to root for us. Either way is acceptable. What is not is apathy. Public apathy is what kills careers faster than the speed of... He waved the remark away. I think you get the picture. 
We need to get the masses to give a damn about us. That is how we accrue higher fame points. As I reiterate, higher fame points means higher profile papers. Erica nodded, which means higher income. Jefferson smiled appreciatively, which, thanks to our currently unfavorable legal status, is the only way we can earn some income. Unless, of course, you want to open a booth down here in the maze. Jefferson looked at the nearby booths and cringed. I think we should aim for the likability thing. You seem to be full of bubblegum and rainbow sparkles and whatnot. I don't think we can get the public to fear and hate you if we tried. I don't know, Erica smiled. You seem to have the public loathing down pat. He glared. <laughs> Erica held up her hands, grinning. I was just kidding. You're secretly a big softie. I am no such thing. So, what did you have in mind to pitch? She asked. I think that would be obvious. We're going to request a rematch with Sleek. Erica stopped walking and gawked at him. Are you nuts? I'm nowhere near ready to take her on again. She trashed almost everything I have. And it's going to take me weeks to get ready. Jefferson motioned for her to lower her voice as people stared at them. I am well aware of that. I've considered your preparation time in my pitch. Well, you could consider letting me know so that I could give you some input, retorted Erica. You can't even program your Blu-ray player and barely change a light bulb. How would you know about the logistics of my prep time? Fair enough, Jefferson grumbled. How much time do you think you need? Given the resources in the workshop, probably a month. A month, Jefferson snapped. We need to strike while the iron is hot. We need to get back out there where our faces are still fresh in the public's mind. One thing in all my years on the stage has taught me, well, the collective consciousness does not possess a long attention span. Erica shrugged. Actually, six weeks to a month would be better. My equipment won't build itself. At least, not without a ton of design features. Hmm. Self-building equipment. I should make a note of that. Jefferson shook his head and snarled something under his breath that sounded like tears. as he started down the hallway. She followed him and occasionally added a starstruck commentary to which he merely grunted. Wow, is that star speed? No one's seen him since his confrontation with Gargantuan Man. I cringe every time I think about how he slammed Gargantuan Man to the ground from a hundred feet up. It was amazing. Yes, I wish I haven't seen him since. The man is a terrible boar, cried Jefferson. That's Bolar Chaos, Erica hissed a little too loudly. I saw him fight the Cape's Court up close once. He almost killed me. Will you keep your voice down? snapped Jefferson. Scholar Chaos turned around and regarded them with glowing red eyes against his pale skull. I remember you, Lord Chaos said in a pleasant voice. You ran that website, Confessions of a Psychic, right? Erica nodded. Uh-huh. Scholar Chaos beamed. I should thank you in person. Thanks to your little recording, my fame points skyrocketed. Now I'm in the top ten. Oh, uh, you're welcome? Erica said uncertainly. I thought that might have been you in that little tussle with Sleek a few weeks back. She nodded nervously. Oh, and sorry about that almost killing you thing. 
It wasn't personal, just business. You know. Erica found herself saying, It's okay. Although in truth, it didn't feel okay. Scholar Chaos patted her on the shoulder. You're a good egg, young lady. At this point, Jefferson stepped in front of his charge. That's quite enough, William. The skull regarded him coolly. Jefferson, I see you're working a new angle. Tell me, um... Erica. Erica supplied. Erica, how do you suffer this pompous windbag of a man? Erica's mouth dropped. Let me tell you something, you unbearable twit. Jefferson snarled as lightning crackled out of his eyes. Scholar Chaos held up a hand. The same one that almost flash fried her before. Save it, Jefferson. I have a meeting to catch. Those of us in the main event category have busy schedules to keep. Jefferson's eyes crackled as he watched the other man saunter away. Erica looked between them. I didn't know you worked with Skull or Chaos. We talked about forming a team once. It did not go well. That scum has an ego the size of London. Come on. As they walked down the passage, they passed a multitude of tents and booths that lined up against one another, selling elaborate and unique goods. One seller with blue skin and a lab coat stood outside his booth, with his hand resting casually on a nuclear warhead. Weapons of mass destruction, get your weapons of mass destruction here. We have missiles, detonators, molecular atomizer, all at a bargain. An eight-foot-tall woman stood before a fixed structure amongst the temporary booths. The hopeful butler suite has created the very best heroic headquarters and the villainous. She invited browsers in with a regal voice. Experience the very pinnacle of style and comfort. The hopeful butler suite has created the very best heroic headquarters and villainous layers that money can buy. We cater to a myriad of tastes in our numerous exotic locales, located throughout the world and beyond. We have deserted island fortresses, abandoned amusement parks, penthouse apartments, cave lairs, and several renovated asteroids. Do you think that these things are too far out of your reach? Do you believe that you do not have the budget or the fame points to achieve such grandeur? Well, you would be mistaken. You can enjoy any number of these headquarters at a fraction of the cost. Our exquisite timeshares allow anyone to enjoy the same success that the top tiers of Heroes and Heels enjoy every day. Come experience the luxury that notoriety can offer. All plans get a complimentary manservant or gruesome henchman depending on your preference. For details, come inside. The regal woman smiled at Erica and held out her hand. Come, Princess Crash. Allow me to show you the benefits someone of your caliber can enjoy. Erica smiled back, but before she could say anything, Jefferson grabbed her hand and pulled her away. Absolutely not! If you think the contract you signed with the businessmen was dangerous, they have nothing on those charlatans. Jefferson warned her. You must be careful in here, Princess. More people than the businessmen are looking to prey on you. Oh, okay. With Jefferson's warning fresh in her mind, Erica gazed at the other vendors' wares, but didn't approach anyone else. At one point, a rotund salesman, adorned in an uncomfortable-looking harness, cinched tightly around his girth, cried enthusiastically, So you say you're not an acrobat? That's okay! 
The Murdoch 2000 grappling gun has a built-in stabilizing harness that can transform the clumsiest of users into an agile warrior they always wanted to be. A hooded figure stood before a table crammed with an eclectic group of artifacts and weapons. He waved a skeletal hand over a strange object and said in a hushed voice, Confuse your foes. Empower your stature. Attract friends and lovers. Get all this and more. The only payment that is required at this time is a little paperwork. It's a bargain you won't soon forget. Notaries are available. The crowd gave this booth a wide berth, and Erica followed suit. Something just occurred to me, said Erica. What's that? asked Jefferson distractedly. He paused to look at a book titled, Tax Breaks for the Wicked, How Not to Give the Government Your Hard-Stolen Earnings. So this whole thing is some kind of secret society with psionically binding contracts, right? Correct. Jefferson put the book down. Erica waved her arms around. Then how come there's so many booths of people selling superhero and heel paraphernalia? Where do they come in? Come now. You don't expect every person inducted into this fraternity to make it. Not very many obtain enough notoriety to garner more than one caper, if that. So they settle for opening booths here instead? Jefferson looked at her earnestly. Surely you, of all people, understand why. Everyone here, at one point or another, dreamt of wearing the cape and mask. Just because their dreams did not pan out the way they had hoped, doesn't mean that they can simply turn their backs on it. You couldn't. She flushed. So, they support themselves through these bazaars? Some do. It was profitable enough. Most of the vendors have day jobs. They just come back because this is one of the few places that provides them an outlet for their abilities. They are still psychically bound to keep their abilities in check in the outside world. Erica stared at the vendors thinking, Every one of these people wanted to be superheroes like me. They're now working in the ruins of their own broken dreams. Wow, I never thought of it like that. Ah well, I'm full of these teachable moments. Jefferson said sarcastically, Ignorance is the curse of God. Knowledge is the wing wherewith we fly to heaven. She stuck her tongue out at him, and Jefferson smiled. And you are so full of unteachable ones. Has anyone ever tried to do anything without the businessman's approval? She asked. Jefferson's gaze darted about to make sure no one was looking their way before he looked back at her. Princess, this isn't the place to discuss that. Her eyes narrowed. What do you mean? For once, girl, listen to me. Do not ask questions like that here. But why? She whispered. Because the walls have ears, and that is a very dangerous subject matter, he told her flatly. She looked at her companion, and something about his demeanor reminded her of her first time she met him in the bank. She was touching on something big, but for the life of her, she couldn't put it all together. She nodded slowly. Okay. Jefferson looked relieved. Okay. Thank you. He looked around. Listen, I really could use a scotch. I think I shall run ahead and grab a drink, then schedule our pitch session. That will give you some time to explore. Erica looked around uncertainly. Are you sure I can't come with you? Thank you, but no. Jefferson shook his head. 
We have been more or less joined at the hip for over a month now. No offense, but I could use a little space and talk to someone about something else besides pop culture and logistics as assembling doodads. Erica's face fell. I meant no offense, Jefferson said quickly. You're part of this world now. You need to go out and fly sooner or later. Use your chance. Now run and play. He started walking away, but stopped. And for the love of God, do not go back to that timeshare place. He cringed, then he set off again. Erica stood stock still as she watched him walk away. The throng of costume people flowed around her as she looked around, biting her lip. What do I do now? It was all simultaneously terrifying and amazing that she found without Jefferson's guidance. She felt stuck in place. Then it hit her. Wait a minute. I can look at whatever I want and no one's going to stop me? Like that, the tension melted from her and she all but skipped to the booths to explore their wares. She examined the Murdoch 2000 grappling gun but declined the salesman's offer to test it out. She always take clumsy to an epic level and would hate to end her budding career by accidentally hanging herself in a secret shop that practically no one knew about. Besides, she never saw herself as a rooftop to rooftop acrobat. Her ninja 101 teacher Professor Rainshadow would have certainly agreed with her assessment. Erica is pretty sure that the only reason he gave her a C was because she took the time to fix his coffee machine. As she was about to leave, the salesman stopped her to say, By the way, you're amazing in your debut. You're an inspiration to all his gadgeteers. She flushed. Thank you. Erica found that this wasn't the only response like this. The vendor at Atomic Bob's military surplus wanted to take a selfie with her. Grinning sheepishly, Erica tried to oblige before the two of them winced as psionic pain erupted in their skulls. That's right, the vendor said, rubbing his temple. Taking pictures are prohibited here. Besides, I can't do that selfie thing unless I'm suited up as well. He pointed a thumb at a gargantuan set of armor in the back of the booth. It was currently being used as a shelf for various wares. After a bit of browsing and conversing with various vendors, the smell of something savory caught her attention. Owen and Jefferson rushing them out the door she hadn't eaten breakfast this morning. Following the scent, she found a food booth with a large line queued outside of it, with more joining. That must be some good food to have that many clamoring for it. She shrugged herself. When in Rome. No sooner did she step in line when even more people joined the line behind her. She smiled at a muscular gentleman who did a double take and stared at her with bulging eyes. He whispered something to the other man behind him. The second man looked around the first shoulders and his expression darkened as he looked back at her. Erica flushed and averted her gaze. The first man said in an overly loud voice, Come on, Jerome. Let's come back when the atmosphere... He pierced Erica with a stare. It's significantly better. Erica shook her head. What's that supposed to mean? I'm in the supervillain world, she reasoned. Not all of them could be nice. Heck... Sleek is a superhero and she isn't nice at all. She looked up at the food booth sign as she approached. It was called Razor's Bites. As Erica approached the front of the line, more people looked at her and murmured. Some even outright glared at her. She flushed and perused the menu to distract herself. Today's special, Razor Bites. Beef wrapped in bacon covered in cheese. The meal sounded like a heart attack on a plate. But she had to admit, it smelled scrumptious. With this many people clamoring for it, it had to be yummy. 
By the time she was second in line, the murmuring and staring had intensified beyond her ability to ignore it. She pulled her eyes away from the menu and gaze fell on a large tip jar, nearly full with folded bills. On the front of the jar was a picture of someone she had only encountered briefly before, through the window of her car. The picture of Razorbite was not how she remembered him. At the time, he was a snarling savage locked in a violent battle with Spearhawk, a battle he would likely won if Erica hadn't distracted him with her car's horn. In this picture, he wore an apron and a large hairnet to hold back his ample hair. He was smiling with an arm around a beautiful woman on one side and his two children on the other. His hand rested roughly on a 10-year-old boy's shoulder while his younger sister hugged his waist. The person in front of her left several large bills in the jar and stepped away from the counter. The lady behind the counter was the same one from the picture except she looked harried and red-eyed. She looked at Erica. What can I get you? Her eyes went from dull to wide with recognition, then outright fury. You! She snarled. Erica stepped back under the ferocity of her greeting. I'm, I'm sorry? She wasn't even sure what she was apologizing for. You have some nerve showing up here after what you did! The woman hissed. Around them, the crowd of onlookers gave noises of assent. Erica looked around confused. I don't understand. Why is she so mad at me? Because I helped Spearhawk beat her maybe husband? This stuff's all fake. Why is she so upset? Where's Razorbite? She looked around past the angry woman. Maybe I had explained to him and possibly apologized. But everywhere she looked, she only saw more angry faces. And like an iron to a magnet, her gaze was pulled toward the woman's glare. Erica stammered. I, I am so sorry. Honestly, I had no idea how things actually worked when it interfered with Razorbite's, um, match. I was just trying. I was, I was being stupid. I still really don't know what's going on. The crowd's murmuring changed. Several people exchanged glances out of the corner of her eye. The woman scoffed. Your words are little comfort to me or my children. Because of you? What is this disturbance all about? The words behind her were quiet, but they had an unsettling effect. Silence pulsed from his words, and all the murmuring ceased. Erica glanced back at a man in a business attire. He was similar to the Blur Man who had indoctrinated her before, but he was a slimmer build and had blonde hair. That's the only difference she could make out, because his face was also a disconcerting blur. Judging by the silence, Erica halfway expected the entire group of spectators to be frozen in place. She had found the crowd around her was quickly dispersing away from the businessman many of them glancing nervously back at them as they left. Erica's head swiveled from the crowd to this strange man. Cold tentacles of fear wrapped themselves around Erica's chest. Her breath quickened as she took an involuntary step back from this man. She could understand her own fear. She was practically powerless here, but she didn't understand everyone else's reactions. Why is everyone afraid of him? Some of these guys could level entire city blocks and they were avoiding him like the schoolyard bully. Erica looked back at the woman behind the counter and saw that Razorbite's wife had gone pale and was visibly shaking. She's terrified. Why? The businessman walked up to the counter. How is business faring, Mary? F fine, stammered the woman apparently named Mary. He nodded to the tip jar. 
I should think that you're doing quite a bit better than fine. Mary whitened a few more shades. We were just... The businessman held up his hand. It's come to our attention that you've garnered too much untoward attention of late. Mary's trembling grew more violent. Erica could see her veins rapid pulse, pounding in her temples. The sight made Erica nauseous. Did I inadvertently get her into trouble? Erica forced a jerky step forward. Listen, I didn't mean to cause any problems. I was... The businessman and Mary both looked at her. Mary shook her head. Erica paused, staring at the woman. The businessman's voice was like breaking up stone. Find somewhere else to be, Miss Belfry. The area around her changed completely. She was no longer standing in front of razor bites. She looked around wildly. She was in front of the hopeful butler's sweets booth. If her mental map was correct, it was nowhere near razor bites. What just happened to me? Did I just get teleported or was I mind whammed again? A shiver rifled through Erica's core. She hoped it wasn't the latter. The idea of someone could mess with her mind so readily was more than a little disconcerting. As she collected herself, a little voice said, Oh my gosh! Your princess crash! Erica turned to see a little girl pointing at her wide-eyed. Erica smiled. Um, hello? Hi! Squealed the girl. Then she burst forward and hugged her legs. Okay, this is happening. Erica said stunned. She patted the girl's back and looked around awkwardly. Crowds of supers streamed around them, and a few of them smiled at the girl's display of affection. She couldn't see anyone that looked like they had claim on the girl. The girl pushed herself back, her eyes gleamed. You're so awesome! I'm like your, your biggest fan! Erica flushed. Um, thank you? What's your name? My name is April. It's, uh, nice to meet you, April. April beamed with a gap-toothed smile. She launched into a breathless question. How do you stabilize the anti-gravity matrix in the compartment the size of your car? Erica looked at the girl puzzled. I fitted it with gyroscopic stabilizers that redirected the power back into the matrix while containing any power surges. Wow! April said in awe. I never thought of that. Um, April? Where are your parents? April's grin broadened. My brother is back there. She pointed off in the direction she came. He's such a slow woke. He's always stopping to talk to people and it takes us forever to get to the maze. April, what are you doing? A little girl looked around. Ryan! Look, I found Princess Crash right here! She looked up at Erica. May I have your autograph? What have I told you about bothering people here? Her brother said. Erica said, it's no trouble. I'd be happy to... <laughs> she looked up at April's brother, and the words died in her throat. It was Spearhawk. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. My other podcast, The Skies Embrace is an epic fantasy that follows the exploits of the crew of the skyship The Maiden's Arrow as they navigate the perils of the clouds. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChancy.com, and my YouTube channel. 
Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell.